0: welcome to another edition of Your Favorite Football Podcast. I'm Pat. Alongside me is James. Raceland has the day off. He is busy cleaning. He will be back Thursday. But for right now, me and James are going to talk a little bit about the news in the NFL. And you might have already heard it. The 17-game regular season does take, or does go into effect, rather, this season uh, we're going to give our opinions and thoughts on that and look at some of the uh, added games for that uh, extra game. And we're also going to look at the top ten of Cynthia Freeland's Mock Draft 2.0. Uh, she is an NFL network analytics ex- expert. You can look up this mock draft yourself on uh, NFL.com. Just search her name. Um, but we're going to start with the 17-game regular season. Uh, what is your thoughts on on that whole thing coming to fruition, James?
1: Um, It's different. Um, I don't know if it's a good different or a bad different yet. I think one thing it does is eliminate the fourth preseason game, which I've been wanting that for a long time because the, the fourth preseason game has meant nothing for a while now. And I mean, obviously it meant something to the people that were trying to make the roster, but in retrospect, when you're sitting down your first and second stringers, um, you're watching third, fourth, and people that inevitably were inevitably we going to get cut. Um, it just wasn't entertaining, you know, outside of the first quarter. Um, so I think you insert a game that's entertaining for the fans and, you know, another game that means something. Um, I like it. Um, on the surface, um, I know a lot of players are speaking out against it, which rightfully so. I mean, I guess they they have that right. Um, although they did agree to this in their 2020 CBA, um, they agreed to the option of that this was going to happen. So it wasn't like they were caught off guard. Um, but one thing this will allow them to do is the league to make more revenue, which would benefit the players. So I hope if, when they do inevitably make them more revenue because of this game, and then the TV rights and the streaming rights with Amazon, um, that the salary cap goes up. As we all know, the salary cap went down this year, but that's because COVID and the lack of fans and whatnot. So um, I'm hoping that players do benefit at the end. Um, that way it's a win for everybody rather than just one side.
0: Right. I agree. I, I hope that it does benefit well for everybody. And going back to what you said about the CBA, the players can no longer voice their opinion on it to make it, uh, not happen. Because as you know, the CBA gives the owners the right to expand the season 17 games and they all signed off on it. The players already signed off on it. So they, they missed their chance if they were unhappy to talk about it. So they'll probably still. You know, be kind of upset about it, but I think in the end it'll lead to you know more revenue, more money, and that ultimately means more money for the players in the long run. So I think it'll be a good change in the future, in the coming coming years. Um, I could see why they're upset with it now. I mean, not everybody likes to embrace change, but uh, I agree with you a hundred percent. Get rid of one preseason game because. Let's face it, after the second or third, you're just done. I mean, the fourth one just does not matter. And give them a game that means something that could potentially mean life or death in the playoffs. Because if, excuse me, if Miami were to have had one more game or one more chance at the end of the season to win and get in, they, who's to say they wouldn't have done it? You know, I mean, yeah, they blew that last game pretty bad, but given another chance, I think they would like to correct that. So I think it'll benefit well in the long run. Now, it'll be trial and error, sure, cause it's the first year of doing it. There's still some kinks to it, but I think in the long run, it'll, it'll be better
1: yeah and you know, let's face it, this has been on the table for a long time now. you know there's been rumors they're moving to a seventeenth or an even an eighteenth game um ever since the like it seemed like the early two thousand tens um and as we know they they added the extra playoff game last year. uh I don't want to say playoff game they added another team, um mm-hmm. which I guess they did add another playoff game because only one team got the uh buy. But you know they were saying that I was going to revenue, revenue generate almost 150 150 million dollars more than just uh, with just adding that one game. So I mean I can only imagine you know what's going to do revenue wise. Um, but yeah, like you said, I mean it just adds more opportunities for teams to either secure the playoff spot or if, if, if it comes down to two teams neck and neck that if one alters and the other one triumphs. Um, then it could be the difference. I mean, it's. I think it's going to be good. Um, I, I just think it's going to get some used to. I mean, because now instead of nine and seven, you're going to have ten and seven. I think the record thing's going to be kind of weird at first. Oh sure. Um, but it's you know it's football. We're all going to get we're going to get used to it pretty quick. After the first year, we're going to be used to it. First, second year, we're going to be we're not even going to really know a difference. Um, right. You know, and honestly, you know. I would be, even be fine with them cutting the preseason from three to two, which will probably never happen because of the revenue side of that. Even. I mean, it's crazy how much revenue they bring in on a preseason game. Um, oh, I know.
0: Well, after so much time, they start missing football. They'll watch backups and it doesn't matter to them.
1: Well, it's, it's that, but it's also, I mean, if you need to go to a preseason game, yeah, you might get in for ten bucks. Um, but you still got to pay for the parking, the concessions, and you're gonna get gear probably, especially if you're a season ticket holder. It, it's just that
0: is usually when people buy gear, a yeah. lot of gear.
1: So, I mean, it's just one of those where they still get their money, even if you get in the stadium pretty cheap. Um But they're not pushing the start of the season back. They're just gonna push everything back from the start. So, the Super Bowl right. will be a week later. The end of the year will be. January 9th, the Pro Bowl will be February 6th, and the Super Bowl will be February 6th. So, no, February 13th. Um, yep. So it, it's going to be uh, – I think it's – and then plus, I mean, it's one week, but it makes the off season shorter. Um, yeah. But if you look at the matchups, I mean, so how they're doing the matchups this year is um, no matter what, the AFC will host the home games. So – for the 17th game, week 18, the AFC would host the games. And they're, you're going to be playing the team that on the other conference, so NFC through the AFC, um, that finished the same place in your division. So That's Washington won the division. Year. Yeah, so Washington won the division. They're going to be playing Buffalo, who won their division, um, and so forth. So and yeah. it looks like um, – so it's by division. So it looks like the AFC East will be with the NFC East. The NFC North will be with the NFC. No, yeah. So NFC North will be with NFC West. NFC South will be with the AFC South. Um, so it, it's some good matchups could come out of it, but it's. I think it's like you said. It's just going to take some getting used to.
0: It will, and. Uh Speaking of this coming season, Roger Goodell has uh, recently said that he wants fans in the stands this season, like a full full stadiums. It could happen. I think it could happen. I just think that they need to still prepare for worst case scenario. If they don't have fans in the stands, like keep doing what they were doing last year and maybe don't rush it, you know what I mean? Like, um, make sure, make they're sure everybody... They're not for that.
1: I mean, I'm sure they'll have a plan for that, but I think Roger Goodell, he just said it. They're going to... Look, it's March 30th. Regular season, like I just said, didn't, don't start till September 9th. Look, in most states, the vaccine the people... I Man, we don't get political on the show, but it's just facts. The vaccine yeah. that for a majority of the states will be available to everybody 16 and over in the coming like uh, within the next week so right i mean and that's first week of april so Mm -hmm. that's plenty of time for people that want to take the vaccine to take it if you don't want to take it then that's your choice but you know i think at some point you know you have to get back to normal right Uh, oh sure i'm just saying
0: if something does happen you have to at least prepare for it i don't think anything
1: will happen like well, it's just going to be one of those things to where it's five months away. So yeah, you, yeah, someone might catch COVID, but is it because they open the stadiums? Probably not. I don't. I mean, who well, say no. they might catch? COVID? I mean, look. I mean, I'm not right. trying to finish COVID, but if you go to a game, you get you risk getting the flu. Or you, I mean, it's just
0: there's a lot of risks hot. to
1: it. I mean, right, anything so can happen. Obviously, COVID is more serious than the flu, but Right. At the end of the day, the flu was like COVID. You know, you have diseases and you get vaccines. So I think at the end of the day, it's going to be leave up to the people. That's what I'm saying. Like leave it up to the people. If they feel comfortable to go, they have the option to go. If you don't feel comfortable, no one's going to judge you. You can watch from home and you can still enjoy it from your, the sanctity of your own living room. So I think they should just open it up and it should be a judgment free. If you want to go, go. If not, don't. Right. I'm going. <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna go. I mean, look, yeah. like we take risk in everything we do in life.
0: Sure, even getting in the car,
1: getting in the car, taking a plane. It's just going for a walk. I mean, yeah, it's just anything. Th- yeah, so going to the zoo. Like it's just it's
0: yeah
1: anything you do in life, you're gonna have it's just any something could happen, but you still do it. I think right. you know. I think and I think a lot of people are ready to move on, but. No, I mean it was encouraging though to hear Roger Goodell say that they're going into this season with um, full stadiums compared to a year ago, which obviously yeah. different circumstance. But we were going to this, this time last year up. Are we even gonna have a season?
0: Right, and w- thankfully we did. We actually did have a full season, and uh I I, I do agree with you though. They should open it to whoever wants to go, go. Whoever wants to stay home, just stay home. It's your preference. Like we said, we do not get political. If you want to take it, take it. If you don't, whatever. Um, I I do agree with you, though. And uh, I only said that because you never know what could happen. I mean, there could be like a different strand that comes out. I pray to God that doesn't happen. But, you know, at least now with everything that did happen, they have an idea of what to do. If something like that were to occur again, I I don't think it will. Um, But yeah, I agree with you. Definitely open it up for the full year, full stadiums. Uh, I'm I'm sure that that has shown a difference in uh, money with the NFL. Well, it has to have because they dropped the cap
1: down. Um, the yeah. cap actually went down this year because of probably the lack of revenue when it comes to in person viewing. Um, right,
0: because concessions, tickets, parking, I mean, it, it all comes full circle to where if they're not making it, they need to figure out where the money is going to come from somehow. And that happened with the, the cap.
1: Well, right, and then that's because of. The league is not bringing up. You can't, the league's not going to make it to where they're losing money. They're never going to do that. No, but, no. No, no. I mean, this isn't, I mean, look, I mean, you look at college football, you look at the MLB. I mean, there are, especially the sports that start, you know, in this summer, they're saying, look, we want to have full crowds. Um, right. I mean, heck, the, I think it's Texas Rangers next week, opening week for baseball. They're saying we're going to have a hundred percent capacity. So, I mean, that's yep. next week. So, it's just, I think, you know, in the sports world, um, I think they're just trying to do whatever they can to get back to normal because the later we don't get back to that normal, in quotations, mm-hmm. the more money they lose. Well, and,
0: right, and at the end of the day, it just benefits everybody if they go back to normal, like full capacity because, I, I mean, the vaccine is out. People are choosing to get it now. I mean, it. it's coming in... Um, how do I say it? It's coming in um, phases. Yes. But it definitely... It's definitely good to have full stadiums again. Not just for normalcy sake, but for the fact of them bringing in money. And continuing forward, like if... if, if They don't get enough money. Eventually, we may not have it. Right. And people don't realize that. So when they say, well, we want to have full stadiums and then people get upset like it's too soon. It's really not too soon because the vaccine's out. If you're not – if you don't feel safe, don't go. Like me and you were talking. But if you feel safe, go ahead. I mean it's your choice. It's ultimately the people's choice. So I – like me and you said, we're going. I mean – it's a risk, but I, I definitely feel safe enough to go to a game.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's – you know, it's just – like we said earlier, you take a risk, and and that's just – I mean, you just got to – whatever you're comfortable with, and that's what it's come down to. But, you know, mm-hmm. I I thankfully haven't seen a lot of backlash of the – I mean, obviously, Roger Goodell just said it today, but I haven't seen much backlash on it. Um, and I'm hoping I'm not going to see it. I mean, look, I mean, you're going to have – both sides of the opinion, but I don't know, sure. I'm just, I'm just glad, I mean, cause really, I mean, I missed the fans in the crowd. I think the only thing that to a degree was like normal, it wasn't weird per se was when the draft happened. It was weird because, you know, you didn't see Roger Goodell get booed by everybody. in attendance. I know it was weird because you didn't have the draft picks shake his hand, but, or hear the crowd reaction in the background. But like after the first yeah. day it, you were used to it. Actually, it's, First five picks are used to it. I um, know.
0: I Although mean, we did get to see Bill Belichick's dog.
1: <laughs> but and that's the thing, though. Like, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm weird, but I thought last year's draft was about as entertaining as any other draft. I think, yeah, going inside, I just mean, crowd reaction. But other than that, it was normal to me.
0: Yeah. If you could have the crowd reaction with maybe what the coaches are doing at home, like they did, then that that would be cool. But I just I'd prefer it to go back to normal, put the crowd there. Roger Goodell, Uh if you want to pan over to the coaches doing whatever they do, yeah, that's fine. But I miss the crowd. I miss uh, I miss the group of guys getting together and discussing it, and just the whole feel of it, man. Ooh.
1: We do know, I mean, they, I think it was last week, the NFL did unveil their plan for the draft in Cleveland. Um, and they are going to have the stage. They are going to have Goodell. They are going to have the media people. They are, they're leaving it up to people, the, the, the player, the prospects that could be drafted. They're, they're sending out the invitations and say, if you want to come, come. If not, do your own thing. Kind of like any normal year. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, it's getting back to normal as we knew it. Um, so, I mean, I'm excited for the draft. Um, I'm, you know, you know oh, we, yeah. uh, we're, we're not far from Cleveland, but I think we decided not to go just because if we're going to go two, two hours. want to make sure we can actually go to the main stage and not watch it at the rock and roll hall of fame. Um, yeah,
0: that'd be fun, but like, I'd rather just stay home and not, not do it at all if we can't experience the full thing.
1: Well, and for me, the only reason I wanted to go was, well, I mean, I wanted to go to the draft, right? That's on my bucket list. But the main oh, reason sure. I wanted to go this year was why? We had the first pick and Trevor Lawrence. Well, Trevor yeah. Lawrence is not even going to the draft. He's watching it from Clemson. So, right. So, I mean, I think it's like, okay, well, that it gives me more motivation not to drive two hours and risk not going to the main stage. So, um yeah. But I mean, let's, uh, tr- we're, let's get away from the uh, semi-political stuff uh, <laughs> and let's continue talking about a draft since we kind of dibbled our toe a little bit in their draft plans. But um, mm-hmm. 30 days away from the NFL draft, hard to believe it's only just over four weeks away. Um, and like you said, Pat, <laughs> at the top of the show, we found a mock draft as Cynthia Friedland. Um, she's, like you said, an analyst. Analyst person um, for the NFL.com, and I am knowing I'm about to get an ad right about now, and I'm on my mute button.
0: (laughs) I know Uh, you are. Thankfully, mine pauses before it gets to it, so.
1: Must be nice, because I I literally, when I I pull up these uh, websites for us to discuss or look up something, I'm readily on my toes to try to mute them. I mean, it's just crazy. Immediately. There we go All right, I got one i I'm expecting a home depot one here in about five seconds um but let's try to beat it real quick uh, so Oh here it goes <laughs> one home depot nope no nope,
0: i'm home shocked depot. I'm shocked normally well, wheres he the put a fast one where's he even at i I'm, I'm not sure
1: <laughs> I mean look i mean look it's like a hidden head. Yeah, I thought
0: ads was visible. Well, they wanted to they really, really find it.
1: To, they really wanted me to go to the Discovery Plus channel. Um, they did. But enough with Discovery Plus channel. and Let's discover what Cynthia Freeland has in her mock draft. Um, obviously, at number one, she had Trevor Lawrence going to Jacksonville. Um, right. That should be unanimous at this point. There should be no more Zach Wilson, Trevor Lawrence, or. Well, what if they do this? What if they do that? Look, Urban Meyer went on the the Peter King uh show and he just said and Peter King asked him about Trevor Lawrence, um um and Urban Meyer said that's the direction they're wanting to go. Look, they're picking Trevor Lawrence. So of course. I mean this that that's just a no brainer. I mean,
0: I'm more sure of that than I was of the Bengals last year picking Joe Burrow.
1: Yeah. And even then, I mean, there was—I mean, usually the number one pick, you know where they're going, especially the last oh, yeah. years. Um, but let's move on to number two: the New York Jets. Um Pat, uh, this ain't happening.
0: Nope, it ain't happening. The Jets are not going to take Rashawn Slater. It's not happening. There's no possible way that this happens. No disrespect to R- uh, Rashawn. At all. Great player. Not happening, though. They're picking Zach Wilson. This is an easy one, they're picking Zach Wilson.
1: Yeah, I mean, and I think, I mean, even if you're going to say they pick a tackle here, the best tackle in the draft is Panay Sewell. Um, Absolutely. So, that's who they presumably get. I mean, Sean Slater's grip, like, he's good, but Panay is definitely the better tackle as of right now. But, yeah, they're not Absolutely. picking a tackle. If they pick a tackle, I don't know how they're, they're, the franchise looks their fan base in the face and say, well, we got him for Sam Darnold when they don't like Sam Darnold. They want another quarterback.
0: Right. They're done. They're done with Sam Darnold. It's unfortunate for him because I feel like he could be good. He just wasn't given a fair shot. But at the same time, he hasn't really played up too par to combat that. So, I, I I kind of agree with Jets fans on uh, getting rid of them.
1: So going on to number three, the 49ers, Obviously, we know in that trade with the Miami Dolphins moved up to number mm-hmm. three, um, and we knew Pat that 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 move was for quarterback. Um, of course,
0: you can. They can tell me all they want about them keeping Garoppolo, but me and you know better.
1: Yeah, we know better. I mean they you can only play that card for so long. We, we can read through your charade. Um, mm-hmm. and in this mock draft, she has them taking the Zach Wilson from BYU. Um, I mean, I don't think he's there at three. As we discussed, we think New York takes him. Um, right. But you know, it's so at three, I mean, that leaves the question. If Wilson's gone, it'd be fields or, or Trey Lance, or I saw reports earlier this week. Um, I, as early as late as yesterday, that the 49ers actually love Mac Jones. Really? That's what I saw. I read an article that said that don't be surprised if it's Mac Jones because they are they like some of his attributes and they could think he's better than Zach, uh, Trey Lance or Justin Fields, which I think would be drafting him a little, way high. But he's had good pro days. Obviously, his year at Alabama was great. Um, so it'll be, it's going to be interesting to see what they do with that three pit.
0: It would be weird for them to get Mac Jones because where they were at in the draft, they probably still could have gotten him. That's what I want. Now I don't see Mac Jones going there. They might like him, but there's no way you trade up to three just to get him. There's no way. They, they're probably going to end up getting Lance. That's I, I fear, I feel like they're going to get Lance. That's, yeah,
1: and it's weird because when the Forty ers traded up, you know, on Twitter I saw, well, Justin Fields, Justin Fields. I'm like, look, I mean, maybe I'm weird, but I don't think Justin Fields is going there. I, based on all the mock drafts you see, all the the reporting being done, but everything you read, Fields is the quarterback out of the four with Lawrence Wilson, Lance, and Fields. Fields is the one taking the dive, and mm. you have it every year. You have that one. And it looks like he's going to be the one. Um, so it's going to be, I don't, like I said, I don't, yeah, I don't, it's going to be a quarterback there, but it's going to be an interesting draft night to see which
0: quarterback is going to be. That absolutely is. It's it's going to be very wide open, so to speak, about what happens. But um, moving on to the number four pick, they she has the Atlanta Falcons. Taking Quiddy Pay. The edge from Michigan. I like it.
1: Yeah, I mean I think it's a good pick. Um it adds to the defensive side of the ball. Um, I mean, I, I like Quiddy Pay, but I'd almost be if I'm the Atlanta Falcons there, it would almost be tough to pass on Kyle Pitts. Uh
0: that's what I was thinking because
1: I mean Julio is good, but he's up there in age, so but he's still a producing receiver. So you have Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, and then let me add Kyle Pitts. I mean that just sounds phenomenal. And that and that really helps Matt Ryan out, or if he decided to go get a young quarterback in the second or third round potentially, you help him out in the future. So I would I would I like the quitty pay pick, but it would be hard pressed to pass on Kyle Pitts
0: there. True. I don't think they do. I, I think at number four, I think they do get, uh, pits. I think they, I think they realize, you know, we need more weapons for, um, Matt Ryan. So you, like you said, you have Julio Jones and then you add Kyle Pitts to the mix. So now you have that wide receiver tight end combo to where you don't know which one he's going to throw to because he has good options now as opposed to, well, He's going to Julio again. So, uh, I, I have them taking Pitts, personally.
1: Yeah, I, I think Pitts would be a great pick there at number
0: four. Hmm. Well, number five, the Cincinnati Bengals, she has them taking Penny Soul. Now, like me and you were talking about earlier, he's better than um, Rashawn Slater. No offense to Rashawn, he's good, but... Let's be honest. Penny Sewell is not going to be there at five. Um, I think Sewell will be there at five.
1: I think, especially if you have, look, I mean, let's be realistic. I mean, you have the first three picks who are most likely or should be quarterbacks. Number four, well, so number yeah. four could go either way. True. Um, but I don't see them picking lines. So, I mean, that would put Sewell at five. I think Sewell will drop the five. And I think gonna, Yeah, unless Atlanta takes him at four, which they could. But you know, maybe they want to address the defensive side of the ball. That's why uh, she has them um, taking Quiddy Pay over Kyle Pitts or Penae Um Maybe, which is, yeah. I mean, their defense has been hit and miss the last few years. Um, right. So yeah, I mean, I, I think. I think Sewell might go at five. He
0: could. I'm just, with Atlanta, you don't really know because they have, they do have a lot of holes to fill. So if Penny is there, he's definitely going to the Bengals. There's no question about that. It's just a matter of what does Atlanta do with that fourth pick? Do they pick defense? Do they pick, um, offensive line? Do they pick tight end?
1: Or even trade it. I mean, they could trade it. Or
0: even trade. Or even trade. Right.
1: Because I mean, last year, yeah, they had a bad record, but a lot of their losses came with one possession, like a touchdown or less. Yeah. I mean, it literally, was, it was literally so marginal to where, if you look at the Falcons and they decide to trade back, yeah, they have a lot of holes to fill, but you're not looking at them like, man, they, what are they doing? It's well, you can kind of see it. Yeah, they were bad. But they were in a lot of these games to where literally if the ball bounces the right, the right way, they might have three to four wins more wins easily. So I wouldn't be surprised if they trade back. I would love it because it adds excitement to draft night, the first round. But yeah. um, I would be like, yeah, I could actually see that. Let's stockpile for the future.
0: Right. Well. Like we, like I said, I mean Atlanta could really do anything, and and you brought up the trade, which it definitely adds to the excitement, and they could do that. But the thing with Atlanta is they are known, and sorry, Atlanta fans, they are known for blowing leads, and this year was a perfect example of that. I mean, they blew so many leads; and they were up by two touchdowns or more in five games and lost. I mean, you you can't do that you need to figure out the problem and quick now like you said they could potentially trade away the pick to maybe get a little bit more or a certain player they may want we we'll, we'll never know until the time comes obviously unless you have insights on that that i don't know about but um yeah i i do think the Bengals will take Penny Sewell. That is the short answer to that one.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, to wrap that up, I mean, I look, I think that going back to Atlanta, the reason I think they could trade out is because you look, if the quarterbacks start to go off the board, you're looking at teams like the Chicago Bears, the New England Patriots, those type of teams, or even the Broncos, they might start freaking out and saying, hey, we need to trade up to that fourth, or even the the Panthers. I mean, they might start freaking out to where we're like, oh man, we need to trade up. Um, right. And they predicted
0: not, San Fran doing that.
1: Yeah. So I mean, they had that perfect scenario to where, Hey, we don't need a quarterback and we could get a good defensive player in the draft if we drop down to the, you know, just a few spots and we get the stockpile for the future. So I could see that happening.
0: Yeah. Definitely. Um, Moving on to number six, Miami Dolphins. She has them taking Kyle Pitts. We have already discussed this a little bit, but uh who do you think the Dolphins actually pick? Because we already talked about where Kyle Pitts could go. So where do you think the Dolphins are going to go with this?
1: So obviously if Kyle Pitts is there at six, they're going to take Kyle Pitts. But I think they could oh, get sure. Jamar Chase. I think Jamar Chase would be a good fit there to add more weapons for two a Tagovailoa. Um, and, cause defensively, you're pretty decent on the defense side of the ball. So, I mean, you have a couple spots you can upgrade on, but I think this year, if you're going to give two of the chance to be your franchise quarterback, you give him another weapon. And I think Jamar Chase is that guy.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I was going to say that as well. Or, uh, like I've talked about before, Devontae Smith wouldn't be a bad pick either. Um, but a lot of people have Jamar going over him, which I understand. I do, so uh, I agree with you. Jamar Chase for sure is probably the route they'll go.
1: Yeah, I I I, I wouldn't be surprised. Or even Devonte Smith. I, I like Devonte Smith. I think a lot of people were kind of concerned about his weight, though, like his height and weight ratio, like his body size has kind of been. If you think about him, if you listen to all the 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 experts they're that saying that's the number one thing, which um I tend not to put too much stock in that because in the NFL offseason off season you can gain weight and look, I've seen the film, like I I know what he's capable of. Um right. But let's move on to number seven with the Detroit Lions. Um she actually has them taking Jamar Chase. Um they need a number one receiver bad. So that would not surprise me if he fall if if he's available that they take him.
0: Oh, very true. They definitely need a number one receiver, and even a number two now. Yeah. Um, I don't think he'll be there. I think the Dolphins take Jamar, but I do think the Lions end up taking Devontae Smith from Bama. Or even, well, I don't know about Waddle. I don't know. They could either go Smith or Waddle, but I'm leaning more so towards Smith because he's got more um dynamic to him. He's got, uh, of course, the Heisman in his back and his belt, you know. And, uh, I definitely see the Lions taking Devontae Smith at number seven uh, because Jamar won't be there.
1: So moving on to the Carolina Panthers with the number eighth pick, um, Trey Lance. Um, I mean, people loved his pro day, um, which I I think the common trend on this year is everyone's pro day is amazing because that's all I see yeah. here. Um, I know. But, you know, when you look at his starting career, I mean, he had a uh, – this year he only played one game. Um, last year he was pretty good. Um, but, again, the, the competition that he played against is not the best. Um and I yes. do think you have to take that in consideration. I mean a lot of people try to try to downplay that, but I'm sorry, but when you play at North Dakota State and you're not even playing teams uh the caliber of, I don't know, a Wake Forest or um a Northwestern or, you know, Indiana, which I know Northwestern and Indiana were pretty good this year, but when you don't play even a caliber of that, let alone an Alabama, a Clemson or Oklahoma, um, You know, I tend to worry what he's going to be able to do day one in the pro level.
0: Right, it's very hard to judge what he would do just based off of the fact that he is playing for North Dakota State. They are very good. It's a very good, very good school, very good football team. But like you said, they don't play anybody as a caliber as uh, Illinois or Vanderbilt or Wake Forest or anybody like that. And like you said, even Alabama or Clemson. I mean. Let's face it, if they were to play Alabama or Clemson, they wouldn't have a chance. They would make him look silly. Um, That's not to say he's a bad quarterback, by any means necessary. He's good. But when you don't have that level of competition, you you don't really know what you're getting in the NFL. And that scares me, like you said. That scares me, too.
1: I think another thing that scares me is that one game he had this year, he had more rushing yards than passing yards. He wasn't very good throwing the football that day. Um, no, and I'm so, I mean, and, and look at look at guy like Lamar Jackson. I mean, again, the Ravens finished worse than NFL, and that is one thing that everyone's on Lamar Jackson about is he's a better runner than thrower. Well, the thing about Lamar Jackson will help him a lot is he's fast and he's he can score from anywhere on the field. He's that dynamic, which helps compensate that. Well. Trey Lance is not as fast as Lamar Jackson. So um, that's one thing that also can help. I will, I'm not help him, but that's another thing that worries me. Is the way I should put it. Right.
0: I definitely agree.
1: So moving on to the Denver Broncos, they're picking at number nine. That's where she ha- has Justin Fields being taken. Um, not too big of a free fall. But I think it's still further than what a lot of people would anticipate, especially, you know, you know, during the, the college football season.
0: Yeah, I agree. Like you were talking about earlier, they're projecting fields to fall. Um, like you said, there's always one, um, and all signs point to him. So I think it'd be a good pick for the Broncos. I, I've said before many a times that Denver's – definitely done with drew Locke. at least the fans are i don't know about the front office but they should be honestly and i mean it'd be a good pick i i think they should honestly in my opinion i think that's the route they should go um whether or not they do i don't know i really don't know what they're thinking they're very quiet about everything they haven't really hinted at Okay, we're leaning more so towards this position. It's more of like a, well, I guess we'll wait and see.
1: I think that Drew Locke's our guy for another year. I haven't heard anything on the internet or anything, you know, otherwise. Um, I think he yeah. at least gets one more year. Um, I don't agree with that. I think Drew Locke's been average at best. Um so yeah, I think I think I don't see them taking Justin Fields even if he is there at number nine. Um I, I just don't see them taking him there.
0: No, that, that, no, definitely not.
1: So rounding out the top ten is the Dallas Cowboys, uh, which is very weird seeing them picking in the top ten. But was, what an abysmal year they had. Uh, but she has them taking Patrick Sertan. From Alabama, which is the best corner corner in the draft, um, I think. Like you know, I, I, that's something they need. Is a pretty dominant corner, as you know. They missed out on Jayon Ramsey um, a few years ago, which is someone they loved. I think they make up for that this year by picking Patrick
0: Sertan. Right, I absolutely agree with you. That's a great pick for them. They absolutely need that. That is essential this year. And why not go for the best one? Of your first pick in the draft.
1: So, we just discussed the top 10. Outside of the top 10, is there anybody that you saw um, in this mock draft that was kind of surprising to you or made you scratch your head?
0: Well, I wanted to get your opinion, actually. It didn't really make me scratch my head, but I wanted to get your opinion. She has the Jaguars at number 25, picking Jeremiah Osu-Koromoa. Um... I saw some things that maybe the Jaguars take Moerig, Trayvon Moerig instead. Uh, I'm curious as to what your thoughts on that are. Would you prefer Trayvon or a Coromoa at the 25th pick?
1: Um, I'd rather have Morig. Um Look, we got enough backers. I mean, I think he's a good player, but we drafted – I mean, obviously it's a new regime, but – I think we need secondary, Um, and we're going to that 3-4. So, I mean, on the paper, going into the year, you would suggest that your four backers are going to be Showbert and Jack, and the, your two inside. Your outside's going to be Caleb on Chason and Josh Allen. Um, mm-hmm. We all know Chaseon didn't have a very good rookie year, but he, he was a hand-in-the-dirt pass rusher, which he's not used to. So there's a lot of people speculating that he's going to be better going into this year because he's going to be able to play faster and just – and being a stand-up outside backer in a 3-4 is going to be more beneficial to him because he's used to that. Um, which is, mm-hmm. I think, is right. I think, if I remember correctly, he played a lot of that at LSU. Um, but, I mean, I guess, I mean, would I mind that pick? No, because I guess death, uh, is never a bad thing. Um, but Boerig, I think if he's there, you have to pick him because if you don't pick a guy, and as of right now, your two starting safeties are, um, Jenkins and, uh, Rayshon Jenkins and Daniel Thomas. I'm sorry. I don't want Daniel Thomas being my starting safety week one. And I have already expressed how much I, ha- I, I don't, how much I don't like Andrew Wingard because I'm tired of seeing him just mess up play after play after play. Um, yeah. So I think Morig has to be the pick there. And I think if you ask any Jaguar fan, that's what they're going to say.
0: Right. Well, one more thing. She doesn't even have Morig in the top 30 in the first round. So I kind of argue with, uh, with that a little bit because he's too good to not go in the first round to somebody.
1: I'm not going um, to get to her about that, that too much though, because I have seen other mock drafts that actually have him falling out of the first round. Um, but I think he will go in the first round. I think if he's there at twenty five, they're gonna pick him at twenty five. But I when mm. I was, I think hers is based on analytics because it's everything I see is analytics, analytics. And even says on the thing, analytics based picks to maximize wins, which right. uh, analytics don't mean wins. Um asked the Cleveland Browns how that worked out when they did analytics with Hugh Jackson. I think they won one game. Um We did. We so, did. we don't talk about that. And that's what it is. It's like bait to maximize wins. Okay, analytics don't mean crap. It's about what happens on the field. I mean, analytics play a part, but right. analytics is also why you get into trouble when you go for two when you shouldn't have gone for two. Or it's just it's a crucial mm-hmm. part of the game. But you, again, you have to be able to think and for yourself and use analytics as a source, not a crutch. Um, right. But yeah, I, I. So I'm assuming. So if this happened, right? we get a, a Cormora uh, and more egg falls out of the first round. Then you could probably see Jacksonville taking him at number 33. And I would love that if that happened, if that came to fruition, I might be doing cartwheels around your house Friday morning. I mean, Friday night.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know you would, you would be very, very ecstatic.
1: Oh, I already told um, Raceland um, that depending on how Friday goes, you know, in the second or third round, uh, I, I might be uncontrollable because I'm be so happy with excitement because we actually did a good draft rather than our nonsenses. Um, and, <laughs> uh, the punter. Nice. Now, see, that was 2012. Uh, I Whatever Russell Wilson was drafted, which that sucked. But I'm yeah. more referring to, you know, having like the Tyson Alawalu drafts or like just. Well, We've I had mean, so I bad of drafts, man. It's just crazy.
0: Yeah, I, I think this year definitely is the turning point for that, though. Going forward with Urban Meyer as your coach and knowing that he, he's a winning coach. Now, you don't know what he's going to do in the NFL yet, of course. It's first time. But he has a winning mentality. People want to play for him. The culture is changing in Jacksonville as we speak. Um They want to win. They're tired of losing and being mediocre. And you can definitely tell through social media and and just how the players are talking about it. They're tired of mediocrity. I mean, they want to bring a winner to Jacksonville and it's, it's long overdue. I mean, you've been in the league for what 26
1: years, 27. This is going to be the seventh season.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's far too long and overdue. So I think. You finally got all the right pieces. You just need to build upon it in the draft, which you definitely will with Trevor, uh, Trevor Lawrence and, um, and, and Mo Rigg, if he's still there, which he probably will be. Um, and you get the 33rd pick too, which is great for you. I mean, it's a good time to be a Jacksonville fan right now in 2021 because things are definitely looking up.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a perfect time to be a fan. It's an exciting time to be a Jaguars fan. Um, just because it's just a, a different culture. It's a, it's a, what can we do to win culture rather than, um, just what we've had in the past for the last 10 to 15 years. So, obviously, the, the culture, I mean, the draft is going to be, I think the draft is going to keep the excitement going. I took work, um, I took time off to come watch the draft with you, um, so mm-hmm. I think I think the excitement level in Jacksonville fandom is high right now, but I think all of it goes away week one if we go out and get obliterated week one. So i am enjoying it while it lasts, but I'm also trying to stay realistic to where, you know, we're not going to win the Super Bowl this year. It's, oh, sure. Which I think that's what all Jaguars fans should be. I mean, I've heard Jaguar fans saying Super Bowl, and they're being serious. Like, it's not a joke. I'm like, guys, yeah. we not winning the Super Bowl. I mean, we have too many gaps still. Next year, maybe. I mean, next year could be the year, but take it's one step at a time. Yeah, I mean, yeah. but one thing I did like about her mock draft is uh, Green Bay is finally going to get help get help for Aaron Rodgers. Um, I saw she had that. To yeah, taking Rondale Moore, which I think Rondale Moore is going to be a great player in the league. He's a good route mm-hmm. runner. He's explosive. He's fast. He's he's just he's a, the all around receiver that you need. Um, obviously, he. Really put his his name in the hat when he had that big game against Ohio State um, two -hmm. years ago. So I'm excited for this.
0: Me too. I'm excited for the guy, you know. I mean, you need to help Aaron Rodgers. And this, this guy is the perfect way to do that. I mean, like you said, great route runner, great hands, exactly what Aaron Rodgers needs. He could potentially... Lead them to a Super Bowl. I mean, he could help them get there with helping Aaron Rodgers.
1: He very well could. Um, and I think Aaron, I think it would help his morale per se if they did give him someone to, uh, to another weapon to throw to. I mean, we all know he has Devontae Adams and putting Devontae and Rodham Dale Moore on the same team could be very good for the Green Bay Packers going forward.
0: Oh, absolutely. It could. One thing I wanted to point out for Raceland, since he's not here, uh, she has the Cardinals taking J.C. Horn. Obviously, Patrick Peterson is no longer with Arizona. Um, I like it. I think it's a good pick for them.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a great guy to, uh, to put on the other side of the defense from Malcolm Butler, their recent signing. Um,
0: mm-hmm. He's
1: a you know he's a physical receiver, he a physical corner. Um so I think that'd be a great pick for them there and he's going to be available there, so I would not oh, be yeah. surprised one bit if they pick JC Horn.
0: No, not at all. I think that's the route they're going to go. Just based off of the fact that they did lose Patrick Peterson, in a pivotal pivotal corner. Uh you you got to replace him and right now recently been said that the backup is Hoping he's hoping that backup never sees the light of day as a starter. And he's like being with Wingard, <laughs> it's true. So, yeah, definitely, definitely getting JC Horn is a, a must for them.
1: Yeah, um, and if you want to read this for the people listening at home, it's on the NFL.com. And it's if you if you Google Cynthia Freeland, um nfl.com it'll, you can go right to her mock drafts um so pretty easy to find literally when pat told me we we're going to do it i found it in 2 minutes so pretty fairly easy to find um so i encourage you to go look at that um and that way you can read everything she described and see for yourself what pick she has and again it's it seems like it's analy- analytics based which is fine it's a different perspective uh, but if you're if you like that type of stuff um you like the analytics side of things, this is a perfect mock draft for you but Pat, we are running out of time for this episode um so let's go ahead and do our favorite segment and it's the final thought segment um Pat, what do you got for
0: today? well, my final thought goes to um Mac Jones he um he is definitely, definitely underrated in my opinion. I, I think that he will not go to the 49ers at the third overall pick. I know there have been rumors about it, but I, I don't think they go that route that early. Um, but in my opinion, he is underrated. I think he will be better than people expect him to be. Because you think Alabama, you don't really think of quarterback, really. I mean, in in college, sure. A.J. McCarron, um, uh, Tula, even Jalen Hurts at the time when he played there. Um, Greg McElroy. I mean, you think quarterback at Alabama, you think college, but you don't ever think NFL. But I think this one's going to be different. I think he's going to go probably to New England uh, with Bill Belichick. It's a perfect fit. I think he proves everybody wrong that, uh, didn't pick him leading up to that. Uh, I think he'll do good. I think he'll do really good under, uh, Bill Belichick.
1: Yeah. I think, I mean, it's a, it's a quarterback that Bill Belichick is so used to coaching, obviously at Tom Brady. And I'm not saying Mac Jones can be Tom Brady, but I think oh, that's no, a good fit. Mm. So, Mike, right, fi- what's
0: your final thought?
1: Well, you're going to love this final thought. Um it's actually something that's been uh, circulating the web for a couple of days now. Um and that's the recent interview that your lovely uh former head coach Hugh Jackson took a part of. And I actually took the time to read the article on MSN.com. Um and look, I mean after reading the article, you you, you you're tempted to feel bad for the guy. But
0: that's what he was trying to do.
1: Well, so really what So I was reading through it, and obviously the headline was the Browns offered him a contract extension after he went 1-23 as a head coach of Raw. This was actually when they were 0-8 in the 2017 season. Um, But really the most interesting part comes in the middle of the article when he starts talking about how when he took the job, and this is all on MSN, is – he wasn't expecting the, the tear down of the roster as quick as it was. He felt like he was lied to and betrayed, and he was lied to by the organization, the leadership. And which is fair, if you take a job and you think you're going to be, I mean, you got to remember they were, I mean, in 2016, they won one game. Then you got mm-hmm. Deshaun Kaiser for the 2017 season. And you weren't really set up to succeed in that draft. I mean, in that no. years. But at the same time, you got to take ownership for that. I mean, you still went you were 0 and, you won 1-15, and 15, then you went 0-8, Eventually, 0-16, and then you were mm-hmm. terrible the following year. So, look, if they truly did do that, right, if they did upstart the tear down of the roster, put you in a position to fail, kind of like Jacksonville this year, um, I do feel bad for you. But at the same time, you stunk for three years. They weren't tearing the roster down for three straight years. You just stunk as a coach, um, as right. a head coach per se. I mean, he. There were some successes in his career, obviously, or he wouldn't. He wouldn't have got the head coaching opportunity. But at sure. some point, you do got to own up. And look, if he is saying this, tr- like he says that he became the fall guy, and he wants to, he wants to tell the truth so other minority coaches know this could happen. That's fine. Like, I don't mind you putting out a story to help, you know, minority coaches, which we all think should give more opportunities. Um, Eric on um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: top of the list. Um, but at the same time, I'm not going to feel bad for a guy that won one game one year, zero games the next, and I don't even think they won a game until we got fired with Baker. So, it's true. actually, he might have won one. He might have won that one. He, I, he might won one or two games at the max when he was ahead that third year. Um, I did, no two and five and one. So he won two games in eighteen. Mm-hmm. So he went three and you can do the math: fifteen yeah. losses, sixteen losses, five losses, and a tie. So three games in three years, two and a half years as a head coach, you deserve yeah. to let go.
0: I'm sorry. Well, of course, the the thing that bothers me most about that entire thing is the fact of. He never blamed himself, ever. He never blamed himself, not once, of why they were that bad. Never. You cannot pin the blame just on the Cleveland Browns front office. You cannot do that. Like you said, three years, three wins. At some point, you got to put the blame on yourself. Now, if they did that, I understand, I feel bad for them, but at the same time, there were many faults during that whole three years. There were many faults. Front office, head coach, you name it. Um, the thing that made me upset was the fact that he did not blame himself at the end of the day as well as the front office. He only blamed the front office for, I don't know, being out to get him or, or whatever, which if that happened, I- I'm sorry. That's That sucks. That's bad. D- don't do that. But... At the same time, three wins, three years, you need to blame yourself. You can't just blame other people. That That's where I stopped right there was the fact that he didn't blame or he didn't pin the blame on himself at all. And that's yeah. where I just gave up on the if, whole thing. If,
1: if you're that bad organizationally, like on the field, it goes from ownership down. Everyone gets blamed. Yeah. It, it's not just right. the coach. It's not just the owners. not just GM. It's everybody who takes part in that. Um, That's something that you and I both agree on very wholeheartedly. But one thing that we also agree on, Pat, is that will do it for this episode of Your Favorite Football Podcast. I am James, and that was Pat, and we will see you this Thursday for the next episode.